the women cold and the bullets fly thick. I am the deputy, Stu Kaufman. And I think I'm the right person to find some gold. I'm Amy McLeod. And um, I also must wear a hat before I die. My name is Melissa Huggins. Very important. <laughs> it is. And tonight we watched The Treasure of the Sierra Madre from 1948. Directed by John Houston and starring Humphrey Bogart, Walter Houston, and Tim Holt. Got a, had a father-son team on this movie. Yeah. That was pretty cool. And mm-hmm. did you read in the Wikipedia about how the director made the cameo? Yes, yep, I, I love that. I was like, I was like, is that John Houston? That is John yeah. Houston. <laughs> he gives he gives uh, Bogey's character the monies. Well, you just take a fellow American to a mail, mm-hmm. strutting around like, like a, four or five pesos, and then tells him to fuck off. Such impudence never came my way. <laughs> right? I mean, like to be fair. Like, he is the only man walking around in an all-white suit. Like, dude. My guy. That is the lifestyle I want, <laughs> is to live in a tropical locale and wear white linen suits. But you would think, like, if a guy asked you for money three times, like, you're wearing a fine linen suit. Like, you, like I get you don't recognize it, but look at my duds! I spent money! <laughs> right. Yes! You don't recognize the only man in town with a white suit? <laughs> Leave me alone. How that yeah, he's he stands out like a like a lighthouse at night, just bright as all get How out. How dare you insult my tailor by not recognizing his excellent exactly. work? Exactly. This is right. hand stitched. You could cut a man on the pleat in my pants, but uh, more like Humphrey Hobo, uh, Humphrey Hobo Guard. Hobo Guard. Fuck, man, I'm I'm betting a thousand. Oh, You're doing God. just about as well as this uh, mining adventure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to tell us what happened in this here mining adventure. Oh, I so do. This is one of those films, I don't know, I feel like it's more about the atmosphere and the tension than, like, what's happening. And I'm sure we'll get into that, because the, the story is pretty simple. We have uh, Humphrey Bogart playing... Uh, I can't remember his Frank or Fred Dobbs, as I refer to him. Fred C. Dobbs. Sounds like the name I'd give to like a dog. What's good for you? You won't monkey around with Fred C. Dobbs. It is. There's my buddy yeah. Dobbs. <laughs> Careful, he bites the mailman. Or a cat. Fred C. Dobbs, the cat. C stands for cat. I like that. I like that. Fred. Fred Cat Dobbs. I think that's the. I think that is actually the character's middle His cat. name. Cat. His mm-hmm. cat. So we've got Dobbs and Curtin. They're both sort of just living on the street in Tampico, Mexico. They beg to get by, take odd jobs. Uh, not doing so hot. They don't like it there. They want to, you know. They. Uh, I think Curtin at one point even says, you know, if I had enough money to get out of here, I would. But I can't. So here we are. Uh, so they uh, end up getting screwed over pretty badly from one of the jobs that they end up taking. And uh, they overhear, after the, after they kind of deal with the fallout of that, they uh, overhear an old man um, talking about being in the gold mining business and like how much money you can make and basically going about the finer points of Karl Marx's Das Kapital. Not the gold, mister, is worth what it is because of the human labor that went into the finding and the getting of it. 
<laughs> kind of explain. He's like explaining like why gold is valuable, which I was like, okay, interesting, because he's just like gold itself ain't good for nothing except for making jewelry with gold teeth. <laughs> it's worth something because a humans like it, and b it's really hard to get to. I made a ton of money with it and been all over with this stuff. So they kind of overhear that and they're like, that sounds like a great way for us to get out of our position. So they end up uh, teaming up with the old man, getting uh, their money together. The old man's name is Howard. And they head towards the middle of nowhere, Mexico, to look for gold. They end up striking it big out there in the mountain. Uh, And that's kind of really where the story begins. Because it's kind of like the more gold they dig up, the more unhinged and paranoid everyone (laughs) becomes. Chiefly Dobbs. Uh, Dobbs' descent into madness is is a sight to behold, but they all are touched by it. Um, you can tell Howard, who's been you know down this road before many times. Yeah, I know what gold does to men's souls. Kind of, he can see it in these men before everybody else, uh, and they do a great job of even for the audience, where you're like, well, I don't know who's scheming what, but someone's scheming something. Uh, And they have to deal with not only each other, but they also have to deal with being discovered. At one point, someone discovers them and they're trying to cover up the fact that they are mining for gold because they did not put in a claim because they don't want anyone to know where their gold is. Uh, But because they didn't get a claim, if somebody finds them, that person can then get a claim for that spot and take all of their money. So they don't want anyone to find them. Also, there's a bunch of bandits roaming around raiding the villages who would like to steal anything from them. Mostly, They're looking mostly for guns and ammunition. But hey, if they found a bunch of gold, they would most likely steal that too. So they have to deal with all of these, plus their growing paranoia between each other, thinking that the others are going to rob them. Uh, and they basically uh, are trying to hold on to their gold as well as their to their humanity to varying degrees of success. And uh, I'm sure we'll get into kind of how it all shakes out at the end, but I will close my summary saying that the true treasure of the Sierra Madre was the friends we made along the way. Made along the way. <laughs> and you like that is that is how this movie ends. It that is how this movie ends. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. The moral of the story, be kind to small children. It will always mm-hmm. benefit you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, maybe don't leave your awesome peach farm where, with your loving wife and child. Oh, my God. Okay. So. <laughs> I, have, has I have so many opinions about that. Do we want to start with I, that letter or? Yeah, let's start with the letter. You want to you want to give the I'll, context, Amy? <laughs> yes. So at one point, there is a man named Cody from Texas who sees Curtin went into town to get supplies. And this Texas guy is like, you know, sees this one guy with a shit ton of supplies going up into the middle of nowhere in a mountain. And he's like, hey, you're not mining for gold or nothing, are you? <laughs> and I like how Curtin's like, no, gold, what's gold? gold i've never seen gold do you know what gold is what's Uh, gold i've never heard of it there's absolutely 
There's absolutely no gold up there, despite the fact I'm buying things with which you can acquire gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hunting thundercats and friggin' jabberwockies uh, up there. Uh, yeah, we're, mm-hmm. we're doing some good hunting. Yeah. So obviously Cody's not an idiot and <laughs> follows him up there. And basically, um, he faces off with the group for a little bit because they're basically deciding, do we kill this man? Do we let him in? What do we do? Like, those are choices. I will say the moment where they decide that they're going to kill him, all three of them, I was like, oh, we have turned a corner. That was dark. Yeah, because it was like, Dobbs was like, let's fucking kill him. Howard's like, let's not kill him and then i was like curtain being the deciding vote i was like oh he's gonna say don't kill him but he was like no let's fucking kill him i was like woo and i love how howard was like okay i know he's like what are you gonna do like Like, i I, I guess guess we're gonna shoot him we're killing him (laughs) i guess we're committing a felony i guess we're gonna do a murder (laughs) uh but right when they're about to confront him and and kill him he's like there's a bunch of fucking bandits coming so they're like well i guess you're in it now buddy so he helps defend the the camp from the bandits, but he ends up getting shot and killed uh, in the fray. So they're kind of like, I mean, it's kind of like, hey, we were going to murder him anyway, so this problem kind of solved itself. <laughs> like, like, oops, you know, oops, like. Uh, so they're like, well, let's see, let's let's just check, like, see if he has any family that maybe we should let know he died. Any. But it should also be noted that the reason the um, bandits left is not because of any action that uh, that the group took. It's that it was Deus Ex Federales. Yes, yeah. They were scared off by the Federales. Um, but they find a letter on him. And this letter is from his wife from back home. And, and my God. <laughs> yeah. It's the Tug most at your heartstrings. heart-wrenching letter. I also loved, so Helen is the wife. We never see her. And she writes this, like, heart-wrenching letter about, like, the peaches are in bloom, or the peach trees are in bloom, and we're going to have a good harvest, and everything is so beautiful. Do they grow peaches in Texas? I have this question. Hold um, on, please. I mean, it's on the same latitude as Georgia, and I know Georgia's the peach state, but also Texas always struck me as um, on the dry side. Right. Apparently. But, I just did but, peaches in Texas, and there is a peach season in uh in Texas, and there's 20 different varieties of the delicious okay. Galipsy County peaches. Well, there you oh, go. Well. There you go. Anyway. G- G- was it Gillespie Galipsy, County? Gillespie? I don't know. I don't know, Texas. Well, G- Gillespie uh, County, Texas, if you got some peaches and you're you're listening, we'd love to have some. <laughs> please, please email your peaches to cowpunchers at gmail.com. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so she like just yes. makes this like, oh, everything's beautiful, and we miss you so much, and we love you. And what's the son's name? Is it like the son even like little, little Jimmy? Little Jimmy. little Jimmy. It's like Jimmy, Johnny, like Davy. One small nineteen twenties child name, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like <laughs> we, we cannot get more generic. And he's like, he misses you, and we we hate these long absences, and we know that if you don't find the gold this time. Um, that this is your last trip out. Like, it's they pulled the like. It's I'm retiring tomorrow. <laughs> like, I know it was mm-hmm. like every single trope. It was like we just met this man, and then this letter just like paints this picture of his like beautiful life back home. Mm-hmm. He's this has this loving family, and oh, 
God. Well, well here's the thing that pissed me off. <laughs> okay. Go on. So previous to this description of these beautiful peach trees, um, the uh, Dobbs, Curtin, and Howard are talking about what they would do with the gold, which I'm sure we can talk about this conversation yes. in a minute because that was a good conversation. Um, and Curtin describes how when he was a child, he, you know, once participated in this peach picking and he wants to, with his share, he's going to buy an orchard and get back to that happy place. So this letter basically describes his dream. Okay. Yeah. So then the end of the movie, (laughs) they pull a freaking Silverado and he's like, you know, like, well, cause they've spoilers, they've lost all the gold. And Howard is going to go off with the, like, village of native uh, indigenous people. And uh, he's like, Curtin, what are you going to do? And he's like, you know, I think I might go let Cody's wife know what happened to him. And But it's said with this music. Any special place you've been on gone? Nah. All places are the same to me. Tell you what. You can keep my share of what the birds and the hides will bring if you use the money to buy a ticket to Dallas. See Cody's widow. Better than right. And besides, it's July and the fruit harvest. That sort of implies, like, I'm going to go deliver this horrible news about the death of the love of her life and the father of her children and maybe marry her. Like, that is what it implies. And I was like, yeah, the woman yeah. who is an object in this movie is Helen. Like... <laughs> Well, right. It's, and, and it's even like, you were going to murder her husband anyway. Thank like, you. Right. It's not like he came to your camp wounded and he died and you're like, oh, we took care of him. We did the best we could. It's like, if he hadn't have been shot, I would have killed him. Yeah, Let's, and I you want to go to get some coffee later? or And not only, not only was he going to kill him, he was the deciding vote. Yes, he was the tiebreaker. <laughs> he could have the tiebreaker in favor of in murder. In favor of murder. I'm like, I would not want this man near little Jimmy. Like little Jimmy I, deserves better. Yeah, I so I it that that happened at the end of this movie and I was like, really? Re, 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 oh, okay. All right. So, mythical Helen in her mythical peach orchard that is this side of heaven is about to be like, you know what? I did love my husband. He was the love of my life. But you, random stranger, who's reporting to me about his death, guess what? How about, how about, you know, little Jimmy needs a new dad. Look, like, look Mel, Mel, yeah. people <laughs> grieve in different ways. Sometimes they marry strangers. Like, who's to judge? Are we sure? Are we sure? Are we sure the town he's going to isn't called Silverado? And when are we sure that Helen isn't played by Rosanna Arquette? I'm just saying. We found the other half of that movie. <laughs> right. We found the first part of it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Here it is. Oh, that's too funny. So just, oh. uh, the, that's right. The sequel to Treasure of the Sierra Madre is Silverado. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, she just wants someone to farm. She just wants a farmer. <laughs> I just want a farm. I want a grocery. It's like, shit. I want to marry a farmer. And like, 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 that's a hard thing to do. <laughs> Back then, right. everyone, every other man is a farmer. <laughs> right. The, the city will, the, the, the nation will become majority city dwellers until 1920. You got plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that, that 
that annoyed me. That was the that, thing that pissed me off. That did feel a little too neat and tidy. Like, I almost yeah. feel like that would have been better if it was like he had left that or something yes. and then was like, you know what? After this, I'm going back. Yes. Right. And and also, like, it was clear that that was just kind of like it, it was a throwaway. The plot of this movie is a lot like just like good pulp fiction. There's not much to it. And it's also it's very obviously a product of its time, because can you name any female character in this movie that appeared on screen? There was the the one girl who doesn't talk, who wiggles her butt down the street. Fabulous outfit, though. There oh, was absolutely. the second nope. woman who was with the swindler guy, who I think has like a couple mm-hmm. words. And then there were all the women who just creepily stared while oh, Howard did strange things to the small child to try to revive him. Um, and then yeah. the woman who handed Howard the pig. <laughs> well, the one that was that the same woman who uh, gave him the salt, salt uh, tequila lime. Maybe. I don't know. I thought that was great. She had a little bit of salt on her hand. I was like, here you go. Drink your tequila. Here's your lime. I was like, I would not be leaving that. No. Yeah, right. Like gold. What gold? Yeah. Yeah. There's no quantity of gold that will get me to leave. No, this this is great. People feed me tequila. I got my first. All I had to do was get my first aid merit badge and look at me now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I guess we can talk about that. So um, we're kind of like working through the movie backwards which is fine i think i don't think it matters no it doesn't this is our podcast we're gods here i also definitely think the ending of the movie in some ways was like they were trying to leave us on a good note that we felt like curtin and howard were taken care of i agree I so agree. The, the more the more we work backwards, the darker it's gonna get. I know. Yeah, like the ending is it, it does it is kind of like a sweet ending where those two mm-hmm. end up fine. And I do think the letter when they read the letter and when it mentions because like at the point where it mentions like oh the fruit trees are gonna the peach trees are coming in, you could see I think that was the turning point for Curtin where he's like yeah what are we doing? Why did I almost murder a man who? is was left my dream to come out here like he wanted gold so bad he left what i want to spend my gold on mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i was going to murder him <laughs> like right in order to yeah. get which uh, now i'm curious cuz i want to see cuz this is based on a novel i would wouldn't be surprised if the novel actually has a darker ending mm. i should have done this research beforehand no, that, actually, that's true to the book, apparently. Oh. So we can skip that. Well, all right, then. Um. Ho- uh, Howard's Homeric Laughter. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the village and him getting fawned all over by, yes. by them. Mm-hmm. And I did like that about... So I liked Howard's character quite a bit. Just because the way he was kind of navigating these other two men, to me, I couldn't tell for a while whether or not I was like, is he, is this basically going to be a repeat of what happened to Dobbs and Curtin when they worked on that Mm -hmm. oil rig where he's just playing them this whole time to get them to do all the work and he's going to run off with all the gold? Or is he Mm kind of, I couldn't tell if it was that or if he was like, I've been in this situation before 
and I've seen it go south, and I am keeping an eye out for the signs, I, <laughs> which I think that's what it was. I wrote down almost the exact same question, except uh, I'm jumping ahead a little. I called go him for it. the coot. The coot. Um, <laughs> yes. I wrote, is the coot planting the distrust on purpose or just because he already sees the signs? Like, he yeah. knows what can happen. That was like, is he like a villain or not a villain? Yeah, because I could mm-hmm. like the in the very beginning, um, when they just have a little bit of gold, I can't remember who started the conversation, but it was basically like, do we want to split it up now or do we want to just keep it all together? And then he's like, well, you know, I would hate to have to guard everybody's share or whatever. And I was like, did he say that to get them to think about someone might be stealing it? (laughs) Or is he just saying that, like, I think one of you is going to steal it and I'm going to bring it up before somebody else does. And then, you know, from that point on, they they split the gold three ways every night. Or, you know, I guess when every time they have some gold to split Mm -hmm. and then just... I gotta say, I really loved Humphrey Bogart looking like a crazed tramp in this oh entire movie. Like, I was <laughs> yes. like, never before have I seen someone look and act <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like a, a legitimate crazy person. Well, I think... The man was a dust storm. Yes! Well, and just <laughs> the, the one way he was standing where he was sort of hunched over and he had his arms down i think it was one of the times he was standing over i think he was standing over curtain and he had that like crazed look in his eye and he's like hunched over and he looks huge and big and scary and then i think it was like curtain stood up and you're like oh he's a little guy i'm still terrified of him oh yeah 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 he he was a co- he was a coiled spring he had that madness to him especially especially the the sharp turn after his concussion like like you could sense that like he's dealing with a little bit of paranoia but after the concussion just be like the dam broke yeah was that when he was the the mine the mine and i I thought that was interesting too because that was the first time we saw curtain like pause because he saw the mine collapse He called once and then he turned around and waited like, maybe I don't help him. But then he kind of snapped back and was like, no, 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 I'm not going to be that guy. (laughs) (laughs) uh, And I thought that was going to come back that like, but I was like, I don't know how Dobbs would be able to know (laughs) that that happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he does drag him out of there. So it was oh, just fascinating seeing these three men just like circle each other for two hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was a solid two hours. Like th- there were some slow parts, but for the most part, I, I, I kept pace with it. I, I rather enjoyed the tension. It. I thought I was watching it mm. with, with Andy and there were a few times where he's like, I can't, I can't the tension. I can't, I can't tell me what happens, but I can't. I, I found it really slow. Like, I kept getting distracted. Like, it would pull me back in, and then I would drift out of it again. I, like, couldn't... I couldn't keep focused on it. And that I struggled with a lot. Like, I was like, I felt like they could have cut a half hour out of it. And I would have enjoyed yeah. it a lot more. I think they could have. I, I, I did think it was a little long, and I don't know if that's just, like, because it's 
an older film sometimes they were just longer um yeah but the i i thought what kept me engaged was that i couldn't tell how it was gonna end <laughs> like yeah. i didn't know what was i mean in my head like as soon as they dropped that peach tree thing i was like well he's gonna go find the the peach lady of course <laughs> but, <laughs> the peach lady but yeah. i couldn't i didn't know you know i was kind of I... like See, I think maybe that was my problem. I did know the end of this. Uh, I did kind of knew. I cuz I I've seen bits and pieces of it. Cuz it, this one is one that like TCM shows a lot. Mm -hmm. Um and so mm -hmm. like I've tuned in on different parts of it. So I've I don't think I've ever sat and watched it all in one sitting. Um so I kind mm -hmm. of knew what would happen that this isn't going to end well for any of them. They're not going to get the thing that they want. Um, yeah, and I've watched this before, and I knew that was coming, but it was, I, I don't know, I, I like, it. this is, it's very noirish, and I like not happy endings when it comes to noir, like, just like, everybody dies, and there's a police detective, like, scratching his head, or like, nobody gets the money, you know, I love that shit, I just, I eat it I, I will say, <laughs> I did find that, uh, I don't want to say disappointing, but I definitely felt very, like, unsatisfied at the end, because I felt like, you know, I didn't like the fact that nobody got anything, really. Um, I was fine with Howard going back to the village, because I felt like that made sense. He just um, wanted a warm bed. He was an old man. Yeah. He's like, I, I'm good, you know? Yeah. He mm -hmm. doesn't need... He, what does he need money for? Like, he's got it made. I'll have three meals a day, five if I want them. Roof over my head and a drink every now and then to warm me up. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. I... I, I almost would have liked it better if the bandits just stole the gold <laughs> and ran off with it. I don't know. I, I like, because I, I guess spoilers, what happens is, um, so Dobbs ends up going off alone with all the gold and of course gets jumped by bandits who murder him and steal all the burrows. In which... the most brutal way. Like, oh, holy yeah. shit. Like, you don't see anything, but like, that's worse. Yeah, you just see, basically, yeah, you don't see any gore or anything, but you see, like, mm -hmm. the machete go up and go down. <laughs> um, so, pretty gruesome death for Dobbs. Yeah, putting down a rabid animal, which, let's face facts here, Dobbs was kind of, you know, rabid he, at this point. He was, he well, so, like, and right before he gets caught by the bandits... I was like a little bit like this is some heavy handed imagery um, when he so what he does is he shoots Curtin because he's convinced mm -hmm. Curtin is going to kill him. So he shoots him and he goes back to the campfire and lays down in his bedroll. And I forget what he says, but it's like, who needs a conscience? I don't have a conscience, um, mm -hmm. you know, basically like telling himself that he is doesn't feel guilty about what he just did and then the flames of the get campfire higher, yes. get higher and that. higher and i was kind of like that that's i i'm concerned where's smoky the bear i have right? some concerns right. but it's yes. definitely like hell like i i could almost hear in my head like the hunchback of notre dame like hellfire like fire yeah. I think I think well actually the note I wrote for that scene was Dob dream Dobbs dreams of hell. Yes. yes. <laughs> but to get back to the gold, 
the bandits steal the burrows. So they've been, I mean, obviously they're not like advertising like, hey, we got a shit ton of gold on these burrows. So they have a bunch of like hides on top of them to make it look like they're hunters. So the bandits steal the burrows. They like lift up the hides to see what's under there. And they think the bags of gold are just bags of sand to make Mm -hmm. the burrows heavier. Um, Because, and they said this in the beginning that uh, when they were talking, you know, about mining the gold, they're like, this is what we're selling. And they're like, wow, it doesn't look like gold. And it's like, well, yeah, someone has to process it. We're not going to fucking do that. We're going to sell it to them to process it. So it just kind of looks like sand. (laughs) So... The bandits just, like, frickin' rip open the bags of gold and scatter them onto the desert. And a big wind comes and blows it all away. I, I, that is something I did enjoy about this movie. About how, like, we talk about in Westerns, like, the landscape as a character. Very much Mm -hmm. I felt like this was part of it. But, like, in a different way. Like, there weren't really vistas. Mm-hmm. No. But In fact, I didn't really have a postcard moment. I, I do have one, but, okay, but we'll get to it. But, like, the winds that he talks about. Like, he talks about the wind. Uh, not Norther. What's his name? Howard. Howard. I'm like, H name. Old man H name. Um, <laughs> um, like, he talks about the winds and, like, how they affect you. And he's talking about the mountain. And at one point, they're ta- they're like, you talk about the mountain like it's a woman. And even with the mine, he and they're like, okay, we're going to leave tomorrow. And he's like, well, no, we, you can leave tomorrow, but I'm going to stay and break down the mine and fill everything in. And I think I wrote it down. He was like, I don't get it. We wounded this mountain. It's our duty to close your wounds. The least we can do to show our gratitude for all the wealth she's given us. If you guys don't want to help me, I'll do it alone. You talk about that mountain like it was a real woman. <laughs> You've been a lot better to me than any woman I ever knew. And I was kind of like, oh, like it, it, it was this like give and take of I've given you this gold. Have you really earned it? Mm-hmm. And, and it felt a little bit like the land was playing into that a bit. Like you, you, you didn't really earn it. I'm taking it back. You, yeah. Like I'll let you mine it. I'll let you have it for a little while, but it's mine. We all return to the earth at some point. As does the gold. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was here before us. It'll be here long after us. But briefly to go back to uh, um, uh, Fred C. Dobbs. Fred C. Dobbs. Tragic. Well, not even tragic. Almost appropriate death. Uh, (laughs) It's like there are some good deaths in this movie and one well-earned beating. Uh, was it um, the, uh, the the huckster guy? Oh, was Pat his name. Pat um, McCormick. Pa- yeah, Pat McCormick. Oh, that fight! He oh, had... we got to talk about that fight, a... right? Because that was that fight was awesome. And it, what I loved about it was you weren't certain that Humphrey Bogart and Curtin were going to yeah. win because right was like I, I think that was what was great about that character of Pat McCormick because he tricks them to coming and working on this oil rig for whatever long a couple weeks and, and then they find him again and they're like well we're gonna beat the shit out of you if you don't give us our money and he's like okay and then just hauls like you as an audience you yeah. do not expect this man to be good at fighting you expect him to be like mr roly-poly softy boy no he is mm-hmm. not <laughs> 
And I, I right because I love that oh. he like wanted to give him money like because what he did the first time around is he gave him enough money said meet me at the bar they got drunk basically he never showed up and they were too drunk to do anything about it so he's like oh meet me at the bar and he he's like and then he like they're getting nasty with him like no you give us our money or we're gonna beat it out of you and he's like oh come on like, give me the bottle you know bartender like come on let's be friends and he grabs a fucking bottle like he's gonna pour him a shot and then smacks him with it right and what i like after that like to to, to pile on to what mel was just saying yeah he looks like he looks cream yeah. puff but as soon as the fight starts we see a full shot of this guy and we realize this guy's kind of got a barrel chest mm-hmm. he's he's a built dude he's and it's just, and you've got Dobbs and Curtin who are down on their luck. They're kind of scrawny. Yeah, and it, it like the fight goes on, and you're like, who is gonna win? Is he going to get away from them? And it's mm-hmm. not until they finally get the they they get a couple good shots in on him, and they finally get him down, and are able to take their cut of the money. Um, that he owes them. It was mm-hmm. a good fight. <laughs> I think that is probably the best bar fight I have seen mm-hmm. so far. And you know what made it better for me is I imagined that fight as I imagined McCormick as any number of terrible bosses I've had <laughs> in my life, where you're just like you're tired, you're sweaty, and then they just say something stupid like, "Listen, I've been moving, I've been moving stuff all day. I'm gonna, t- I need to just sit down and take a lunch." Well, if you take your lunch, it'll be another thirty minutes at the end of the day. And he's like, "I am fighting with everything in my fiber not to fucking deck you right now." Yes, I realize I have to take it. I'm exhausted. Just give me this. Oh, it's your day off. Can you come in and check this thing? Yeah, only you can do it. Yeah. Can you, you live down the road. Can you just come check this thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Table flip. That's, that's old Pat McCormick. That was my note is that old Pat McCormick can hold his own. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. the way this movie was starting off, I was like, he might win and just <laughs> leave them beaten yeah. and broke. Again. Again. (laughs) Um, But then, of course, they have to win because they have to get the money to be able to go on their gold adventure. Um, Which, at the beginning of that, uh, it was definitely like the, the, you know, Howard was like, we'll go. But you could kind of tell that he's like prepared for it to not work out. Like, even at that point. like, like, Like we were talking about earlier, Amy, like has how many times has he been down this road how mm-hmm. many times mm-hmm. um yeah because like you see he, him like looking from one to the other because uh dobbs ends up putting in more money than curtain mm-hmm. can so and curtain's like you know why you know why would you pay for my share and he's like we're partners we're in this together and he's looking at both of them like mm-hmm. let's see how uh it's like he's looking at a pair of uh, high school sweethearts getting ready to go to different colleges that are several states away. Like, yeah, <laughs> see how that works out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens come homecoming. And uh, added context here is these two bums. They're being called stupid throughout the movie, Dobbs and Curtin. And they're in Tampico during the height of an oil boom. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> Yeah, everyone calls them idiots because they can't get ahead in the middle of an oil boom. But also, there's also the commentary that, like, capitalism is the enemy. Yep. 
Yeah, just the, the greed, what that gold represents. So remember, kids, capitalism is the en- uh, an enemy. Beat the shit out of your boss. <laughs> no, no, you can't. No, That's no, a crime. No, don't do that. No. No, don't, no, don't do, do that. that. Okay. Don't do that. <laughs> that will not, Stu, that will not solve the world's Again, problems. Fu- Again, Amy and I are not a part of this. <laughs> yeah, um, no, no violence. All right. All right, how about how about fight the urge to kick the shit out of your boss yes. and form a union? Yes. Yeah. If you can, yep. if you can do, do that, that, do it. <laughs> Find yourself a better job and tell your boss where to go. <laughs> I think that also goes with though like capitalism bad, but also like gold bad. <laughs> it was the true yeah. greed gold curse. Greed. Yeah, <laughs> greed. Like you know Howard Again, you get the sense he has been through this before. And him being like, we're only like, oh, we, we each have 25000 I mean, I would like 25000 now. Anyone wants to give that to me, I will happily take it. Um, right. It's $19.25. Right? Yeah. Give it to me. Yeah. $19.25, Which... please. He's like, oh, we should only do that. And, and Bogart is like, oh, no, we should get as much as we can. Like, Which, we should just keep going, going, going. And, like, his immediate reaction to Curtin just offhandedly being like, you know, we don't want to be a hog. Or hogs. We don't want to be hogging. Hogs, yeah. yeah. And he's like, you calling me a hog? Well, yes and no. Not not you specifically. But it, ki- what? Why are we upset? Like. He took that as like a, yeah. He, it's but like, I. I it's, it's like I've said the like I've just called out your mother, your grandmother. Um, I've ca- like I've cast aspersions on you, on your cow, on, like... <laughs> on your uncle and your uncle's cow, like <laughs> mm-hmm. your favorite your favorite sports team, and your mom. Yeah. But <laughs> I like that conversation too because in the very beginning, like when they are first overhearing Howard. And when they first talk to him, he's kind of like, I've seen what gold does to a man. Like, it, it stops being about the money and they just want more gold. Like, guy goes in, gets $5,000, and then it's like, well, now I got to get 10 I got to get 20 I got to get, you know, all this stuff. And then one of the first things Dobbs says is like, $5,000? I'd be more than happy with $5,000. It wouldn't be that way with me. I swear it wouldn't. I take only what I set out to get. Even if there's still a half a million dollars worth lying around waiting to be picked up. And then they're there. They got 25 and they're like, well, when do you want to stop and head back? 25,000, ah, small potatoes. How much do you say? Oh, 50,000 anyway. 75 would be more like it. Jesus Christ, man. Which, I went to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. They have an inflation calculator. So in 1925, the setting of the movie, 25 grand has the purchasing power of almost four hundred and forty thousand dollars. <laughs> I I could use that. that I could I could right? figure out how to use that. I would pay off my house. Yeah. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd buy a new house. Um, go on a trip. I'd yep. Buy a car. Mm-hmm. Buy a car for my car. Yeah. Then I'd you can take your car places. I could get a car for each of my cats. <laughs> Right, just just because mm-hmm. they yeah. can't drive, but who knows? Now, more importantly, Mel, are these cat-sized cars or just Ooh. regular cars? See, that is the question. Because if I got two cat-sized mm. cars, that would be flipping adorable. 
that yes okay. I, would, I would i would pay for that i think that right? would be a gift for both you and the cats it would it would <laughs> um although you know my one cat purdy would just run everyone over like she she'd just like aim for right. the ankles <laughs> take right. it out n- toes would not be safe in your house nope, nope. <laughs> oh nice. my goodness I would buy, uh, like, okay, if I was going to do a frivolous thing with that amount of money, I think I would buy an island. I would buy an island and put a cool little house on it. 400 grand might not be enough, but I feel like I could could swing. I could get it started. You can get it started. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you well, it doesn't have to be a Caribbean island. You could get like a like an islet, no, yeah. lake in mm-hmm. Maine, That's true. Or upstate New York. Uh, yeah, I could expand my latitude for islands. Mm-hmm. What about you, Stu? What frivolous thing would you do with four hundred grand? So for four hundred grand, Mel was hitting all the salient things like pay, pay off the house, pay off the cars, get another car, uh, go on a trip. Um, frivolous though. I don't know. Frivolous, frivolous. Okay. I would obviously um, do all those things. Too. I mean, like in true practicality, because we live in the United States, I would invest it for my future uh, health. Because, yes, that's true. That too. Yeah. Because so so what you're what you're telling me to do is channel my inner Dobbs. Yeah. yeah. So we all talked about our inner curtain. What does our inner Dobbs want to do? My my inner Dobbs wants that white linen suit. Um, you know, fancy cigars and uh, like a cabana in the Bahamas. That was pretty yeah. close to what real dogs wanted. <laughs> and, we're we're on the same wavelength, me and so, him. So <laughs> so now we're back to that conversation about like again we were talking about like what they were going to do like Howard. Yes. Forget what Howard's was. Mm-hmm. He wanted to retire by a h- hardware store. Right. That was it. So he wants that. Uh, Curtin wants the peach orchard and Dobbs. Once what sounds like a great day, like one day, like I'm going to buy nice clothes, right, get a haircut, like, and go to Vegas, put it all on black and, and <laughs> have a date with a pretty lady. Like that is, mm. and I think that was so telling about them. It's like two of them are thinking about few, like full future, like life beyond Dobbs mm-hmm. is still in that mindset of I'm living day to day to day. Like, I don't know what tomorrow mm-hmm. is. I only live right. for today. Because Curtin was even like, well, okay, after that, then what? Like, you know, because it was like after you got the clothes and you had the nice date, like, what next? And you, the, and he's like, what, what kind wait, of question is that? Like, what do you mean? Like, I'll just get more, I'll just get more champagne. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> so, and I, I think that was, uh, I feel like that was a moment for Curtin and Howard to kind of be like, we're on the Uh same we're kind of on the level i don't know about this guy what's going on with him you okay there buddy well speaking of our three main characters shall we get into some segments sure sure our our three main characters howard dobbs and curtain which uh aren't they all coots yes in their own way after all he's not a bad old coot Curtain less. So. I have levels for coots. I would say curtain, curtain would be the one that you would have to argue with me about, as because I'm on the fence of not coot, but the other two, one definitely one eh. descends into it perhaps. So yeah, I I would say, 
I, I've got some arguments for Curtin, but he, he's a fence fence sitting coot for me. I'm like I could I could take or leave him, but I I firmly place Howard and Dobbs as coots. Oh yeah, two sides of a coin of like two paths, two paths diverged in coodom. <laughs> which is which is great because howard can barely open his eyes and (laughs) dobbs can barely open his mouth so two different types of coot anatomy yeah exactly right exactly so and howard won't shut up he's the classic (laughs) mining prospector coot i -hmm. called him a gold digging coot when we met him yep yep uh, yes, he and, was. And Howard uh, and and Dobbs, I think, is your city city coot sitting on the corner, drinking coot, who uh, is thrown at- a bum. He's a bum. Yes, <laughs> which is a subset of coot. I feel like, and uh, he just takes a darker a darker path. He gets too much of that paranoia in him, and he can't he can't take it. So is this like a kid's book? You know, like. Don't when you give a mouse a cookie, when you give a coot some gold, like he's gonna want to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> he's got the gold madness. Like I feel like that's like Howard is kind of like he sees the symptoms of the gold madness. Don't let the pigeon drive the bus. Don't let the coot go prospecting. But it's just like it, it's a it's a common trope also in a lot of movies, especially back then. It's just like you took a blow to the head and now you're a paranoiac and da da da. And I remember reading some time ago that there's actually some science to that. Like you know, mm-hmm. you take serious blows enough to the head, it'll change your personality. Mm-hmm. You become a paranoiac. You follow right wing politics. It, it's a whole thing. I well, <laughs> I th- I say your theory is valid. I have another. I posit another theory because I I just recently toured a gold mine uh, out yes. in Colorado and Ooh. do do you have gold fever? Eh? Uh, I do not though. They did let me go in the hole. I went in the hole. Uh, it was the Argo mine in Idaho Springs. It's also an EPA Superfund site, so double oh, whammy no. right there. So I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna soak all this in and be, I'm gonna. Like the caterpillar coot I am, I'm going to blossom into the beautiful butterfly coot from all these chemicals. Uh, well, I, I've I've read this before. You're either going to get cancer or superpowers. 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 I mean, but, I just uh, live in New Jersey, so. <laughs> coin, coin flip over there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I learned a bit about the gold uh, mining process, which I think may explain this gold madness. Because some of the things they did to get the gold out of that uh, greedy mountain that doesn't want to let that gold go, pretty pretty horrific. So okay, I mean, if you survived, uh, you, you'd you'd go deaf pretty quick. This was a big operation, obviously. In the movie, they have a very small operation, but you would go deaf pretty quickly from the rock crushers that they had. They said within five days, completely deaf, like forever. So. If you any de- wow. any deaf coots out there, it's probably they were working at the old the old mine. My chin is on the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, after the rocks get crushed, uh, there's a couple different processes they go through. One of them is called uh, cyanide leaching, because cyanide is one of the God. few chemicals that can mix. You know, you can mix gold into it. So you would take the rocks and put them into a giant vat of cyanide, but. Before you do that, oh is there's cyanide like the, the one that's that smells and tastes like almonds? 
Yeah, and we'll we'll yep, kill you. That's the we'll kill you dead. Awesome. Good. So, and it's like Excellent. a giant vat of this shit, like Great. like a swimming pool. Think of swimming pool like a three above ground pools stacked on each other, full of this like cyanide stuff. Like I, I don't remember exactly what it was. Some cyanide something. But you had to be careful. You can't just put any old rocks in there, you silly old coot. Because if the rocks are too acidic, it's going to make the cyanide shit explode into a poison gas that will kill everyone in a 10-mile radius. Awesome. Love this. We ain't got any of those fancy pH testing strips, because this is the old-timey times. So we got to use our senses to test these rocks. Namely, we got to lick them rocks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no! So if that rock looks funny, you gotta give it a lick before you throw it in the pot. No! 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 So, did, I men- did I mention unions before? <laughs> this this is why. So, Where's OSHA? Not here. <laughs> not here at all. So, uh, but let's say you, it wasn't your turn at the cyanide, uh, cyanide tank that day. <laughs> you... <laughs> You might be working on one of the uh, amalgamation tables, which on that one, you have a bunch of rocks and you get a mop. You get your bucket and a mop and you uh, you dip that mop in some mercury and you wipe that shit all over them rocks. So I don't know how you get out of that not being something. But a little kooky. But yeah, it explains a lot about that. Uh, the the kind the of gold madness. The yeah. mercury alone. The mercury alone. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh. But you got paid extra if you worked in the processing plant than if you were working in the mines. So you know, there's that. No wonder Howard was like, "We're not going to process this shit." <laughs> He's probably like, I tried that once. That made me crazy. That's why I can't hear out of this one ear. <laughs> right. I did that for a day and I said, fuck that shit. <laughs> Which, great segue, because my face... He happens to be a sweet looking dude. ...was Humphrey Bogart staring with mouth agape as Howard is just, like, r- talking in run-on sentences while stamping on the ground. I'm doing his little <laughs> jig. Doing his little jig when they found the gold. I was like, is he some kind of elder god? He's like shouting at them almost in nonsense, doing like a little jig. <laughs> I'll leave him alone. Can't you see that the old man's nuts? Ha! Nuts! Nuts, am I? Ha! Let me tell you something, my two fine bedfellows. You're so dumb, there's nothing to compare you with. You're dumber than the dumbest jackass. Look at each other, will you? Do you ever see anything like yourself from being dumb specimens? <laughs> and there's Curtin and Dawes being like, are. are are we about to die? What What's going on here? <laughs> I have a different uh, Humphrey Bogart gap, get, but it's still that gate mouth like look. Yeah. Like the hangdog crazy look. It's when he's looming over Cody. Oh, that one. Yeah. And he's got the like the like his hands are like, I don't know. He had suitcase hands and it's like mm. what is he going to do this man is either going to leap on this other man and strangle him or he's just going to dissolve into a puddle of rage and anxiety and not know what to do with himself just There's start foaming just, at the mouth yeah like just collapse in insanity right and that same scene is just like he's 
like exuding so much malice and like da and like a uh, Howard and Curtin are just be like, you, you want to play to something to eat? Let's talk. Let's, mm-hmm. you want to have a seat. And meanwhile, like Dobbs is basically, yeah, we'll feed you, but then you got to get the fuck out of right? here. Right. Um, but, but it's still that like gap mouthed. Mm-hmm. That is oh, it's so good. Coiled spring, ready to, ready to go off. Well, it sounds like uh, Mr. Bogart, won the face because I also Whoa. picked a, a Humphrey Bogart face. I really liked the face that struck me in the beginning when they're still in Tampico and they're sitting by the fountain kind of talking about like, oh, we should go find that old man. And like at one point Humphrey makes this like he's like dreaming of the gold and he's kind of like looking off into the distance and his eyes like get all wide and he has this like little crazed grin on his face and it's like you can practically see him, like, like inside he's just, like, drooling, like, oh, God, the gold, I gotta get it. That was, like, I guess the first taste of gold madness, but that was, uh, mm-hmm. that was my face for him. Humphrey Bogart, he wins the face. And it's not that, it's Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, he's got that, you know, I wouldn't call it quite craggy, but it just, like, black and white film was very... It, very effective he's, on him. He's not handsome. No, but not traditionally. Like, no. like I would have called. Like, if I was going to rank our dudes here, like uh, Howard definitely was coot old man, right? Humphrey mm-hmm. Bogart, uh, but but you found but so Howard, like he was. I loved when he was on screen because he was fascinating to watch. Because he also had, like, all this kind of, like, he wasn't just character acting. He, there was subtlety there. Um, mm-hmm. And then Humphrey Bogart, again, when he was on, you're just like, this man's going insane. And this is fascinating. Like, you're, you you can't look away from the train wreck. Curtin was the most boring. And the yeah. best looking. Of the yeah. three mm-hmm. of them. Like. Even when it was, you know, had a, had a thick mountain beard mm-hmm. he was he was like a good-looking kid but you were like eh. you know yeah he was the least interesting um i love that they let him grow big bushy mountain beards yes because <laughs> uh, we, we needed that time passage which mm-hmm. can i talk about costumes let's do it so there wasn't i wouldn't say that really anything stood out but I agree with you, Amy. I like that they grew the beards. Like, you definitely could track the passage of time in what they wore, which I feel like in a lot of movies like this from this time period, that doesn't always happen. (laughs) Like, you're like, wait a second. (laughs) Yeah. They focus too much on making sure everybody looks, like, pretty. Jump. John Houston and his crew did their homework. Yes. This this wasn't like Mark of Zorro where everyone's got rolls out of bed with like perfect hair. You know, very different movie though. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Still good. And we, we all and we all yeah. deserved Lolita. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um and, and Caballero Night. Oh god, the tight pants. Um <laughs> but like I liked when they were in the town, like you definitely knew you were in the twenties. You definitely had that feeling of like the crash hadn't happened yet, but in a way you sort of felt like that was the ghost of that was there in what in these like random un 
housed men kind of wandering around. Um, but I, the only thing I'll take like umbrage with, which this again is a part of its time is the way that they're dressing like the, the local people and the indigenous people. I was like, eh. mm-hmm. it's not the worst, but it's not the yeah. best. Yeah. It's still very like a uniform almost instead of like, mm-hmm. You know, it's like you you see townspeople and like they're dressed in similar styles, but they're dressed differently. Whereas like a lot of times you see anyone who's natives uh, just like we wear lady uniform and man (laughs) uniform. And they were very much doing that. Like we have men, white top, white pants, women, random wrapped scarf, white skirt. Like that was Mm -hmm. that was it. I was a little bit like, come on boring right it's 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 like they got the idea that for costuming like uh the native mexicans from a travel poster of that time yes. from mexico yes um and the bandits were very much like what does a bandit look like a bandit looks like this poncho sombrero uh three-day-old beard done yep. but the but the the costume story that the men had i thought was really good um mm-hmm. But the, this is not costumes, but this is a thing that bothered me. Um, when they were in the jungle, quote unquote, the, the soundscape. The kookaburra. Like, the like kookaburra. Like, like generic, like we're in jungle. I was like, did they just borrow, did they just reuse the jungle soundscape from Looney Tunes, Tarzan, like... It was cheap. Without this, was gonna without know. this Australian bird, how will people know we're in the jungle? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, how will we know they're bandits if they don't have a random sombrero? They have the hole in it, you know. I did see uh, one of the trivia pieces on this movie that Humphrey Bogart's portrayal of Dobbs. Uh, is cited by Steven Spielberg as the main inspiration for the character of Indiana Jones. Really? I can see There were that. a couple scenes when I was watching it where I was like, with the Humphreys got kind of the fedora thing going on. I was like, some Indiana Jones vibes with his like grizzled look. Well, Humphrey Bogart has to have a fedora. And it's also, contractually. Did y'all love how they dealt with the hat too small? Right. Yeah, he keeps uh like following you know John Houston around and get gets money and finally you know rather than spend it on a meal he goes and gets a shave and a haircut, and clearly it's been a long time since he's gotten a haircut because then his hat doesn't fit quite right anymore. It's too big for him. <laughs> it's too hat too big. I loved that detail. I was like, I was like, oh, that fedora is sitting a little high, and then he gets his haircut and the fedora is like sitting down low. I was like, yes. And let me just say, you know. I've had jobs where I've worked outside before. I've had hats like that. Like you just spend so much time sweating in them. Then you finally take a shower and then you like put it on the following day. And you're like, what is, what is happening here? <laughs> You've damaged the hat. The hat, the hat is like, please, please kill me. Just put me in the garbage. I'm done. <laughs> there's a couple things. I, there's some good quotes in here that we haven't talked about. There's a classic quote that people might be aware of who haven't seen the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't actually talk about how Howard ingratiated himself to the, uh, the, the, the village. Oh God. I didn't know if we wanted to cover that. 
It's kind of silly. Probably should. <laughs> Cuz I want to know, Stu, is that truly yeah. what the scouts teach to help someone who's been drowning? Well, maybe in the 20s. I was going to say maybe at the time. So, maybe in the I 40s, guess to set it yeah. up. So, they're trying to get the f off this mountain with their gold and some um some people kind of show up to their camp in the middle of the night and say, "Hey, you know, one of the kids from the village, they fished him out of the water and he's not dead, but he's not waking up. Like, can you guys help? So Howard being the, you know, amazing guy he is goes and helps. And that scene was very odd. Cause it is, it's like all of the villagers are kind of like lined up in this. It's almost like a, they're kind of like, they're standing in an amphitheater almost. Well, and it's also like, it's not like there's like 20 of them. There's like a like hundred yeah. people there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have this boy on like a an altar almost. Yeah! Like a big table. Like I was like, is this some kind of dark ritual? What is happening? Yeah, it's very strange. And he's like taking and it's a little boy. I don't I don't know ages, but a little boy. Like five, six maybe. Yeah. Tiny At child. Most. Yeah. And he's taking he's got like both hands of the kid and he's kind of like flapping his arms like up and down and then at one point he like puts some tequila on his nose or something i guess is a way to try and wake him up but if, uh, eventually all of this arm flapping saves the drowning child <laughs> and of course the village is like you're the best person ever well and as as howard points out the the kid had suffered a concussion you know he he is just knocked out cold he was breathing and basically all he did was just like keep the kid safe still until he came around with a little help of the smell of tequila. Yeah. Cause he did mention like he just used a couple boy scout first aid tricks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, I don't know that one. I don't know the arm flappy one, but I guess like there's a lot of first aid. That's not super interesting for the camera. So like that's probably why they did that. Be like, this seems like something old timey people would do. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have that class in brownies. <laughs> no, nah. no, me neither. I didn't get to that one. But maybe they teach it in, like, the Coot Scouts. Oh, <laughs> which that... I, I'd like to start that. Like, and it's yeah. adults adults only, the Coot Scouts. Mm-hmm. Teach you Coot skills. On your way to Coot University. Mm-hmm. Get you some, coot like, college. whittling. <laughs> yeah. Coot yammering. University. Play, I got my badge in yammering. Playing the harmonica, yep, the mouth yep. harp. <laughs> Making an instrument out of an old bucket with a hole in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got my first merit badge in Reckoning. Reckoning? You reckon? <laughs> 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 yeah, I reckon it's over yonder. I reckon. <laughs> I, I reckon it gonna rain. So I wanted to make sure we, we brought that up just because it was odd. And then... If you're the police, where are your badges? Badges. We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. I don't have to Classic. show you no stinking badges. That was a that was a pretty good scene. I kind of like that character. Like, I don't know. I, he, gold, what was it? Gold hat. They just was called him Gold name? Hat. Yeah. Which he's a terrible. He man. was a terrible man, but. I gotta again give him the respect. Like I love they they have to dig the holes that they're gonna be dropped into. Which uh, 
Um, and they show that. They show him with his other two guys after they get caught at the end after killing Dobbs. You know, he digs this thing out and his hat is sitting next to his grave. And they, because I, I guess this is postcode, so they couldn't really show anything. <laughs> so they they have them all line up against this wall and you can only see the firing squad and the graves and this hat. And then you sort of hear him be like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Can I like get my hat? And they're like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. That's a baller like, move right there, man. Goes like... down, gets his hat, puts it back on, disappears again against the wall, and then pew, pew, pew. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, ugh. But yeah, I just liked his, his whole attitude uh, the couple times we see him. Because he's just kind of like, he knows where he's at. He's kind of like... I've got the upper hand here. Like, do you know what's happening right now? I'm going to murder you. Like, that's what's happening <laughs> right now. I don't know what you thought was that. Because, like, Dobbs is like, oh, I'll pay you to help me with these with these burrows. And he's like, oh, that's real funny because I'm going to murder you. Yes. With this machine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Enjoy your trip to hell of which you just dreamed about. He's like, fellas, he's going to give us a job. You hear that? Like. They're already, like, sizing up his shoes. One guy stole his hat. Oh, yeah. That was (laughs) brutal. Because they're like, wow, one dude with, like, eight pack animals in the middle of bandit territory. Seems seems like a great idea. And then I have to tell you this quote because I'm a child and it made me laugh. It was when Curtin and Dobbs spot Mr. Pat McCormick in town. (laughs) And Curtin's like... It's him. Let's get him. Let's get him hard. <laughs> I was like, whoa, 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 Dobbs. Whoa, I meant like, not like that. Like, I mean, uh, fight him. Uh, oh, oh, uh, yeah, that's that's what I meant too. Were, were we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, he just he stole a bunch of our money. Like, let's not. What do you got a crush on him or something? What's wrong with you? Like, no, no, it's I, 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 I misspoke. Yeah, that's yeah. I just I want to kick his ass. <laughs> Oh, ass shit what are we talking about <laughs> sorry i was just like okay i am 12 years old so i have to bring that up i love it i approve yeah. amy <laughs> thank you thank you um but yeah <laughs> before i rudely interrupted our segments where were we uh oh probably one of the the one of the finer features of this movie the cantina this our saloon Ooh. search <laughs> the cantina where mccormick got his ass whooped which you know, like I've, it was hot this past weekend. I was like, you know, I didn't have an opportunity to like get one, but I was just like, man, an ice cold Mexican beer would be delightful. And that looked like a great place to get mm-hmm. one. Like crack open an ice cold, uh, I'm going to say Modelo or a Pacifico. And just like, like I could like feel the heat being just like cooled by the the fans. There's mirrors behind the bar. The bar has kind of got like this like Art Nouveau styling around the mirrors, and it's like written like the daily specials on like with like like wax on the mirrors. I thought that was neat. I was like, yeah, let's make an afternoon of of it. Can we get some guac? Oh, hell yeah! <laughs> I also would have drunk in that bar. Oh, totally. I could mm-hmm. spend an afternoon there. Play a round or two of dominoes, yeah. Overlooking the that beautiful uh, that park in Tampico, let's make it happen. Yes, I mean I also would have gone drinking in that village too. Yeah, oh yeah, that village. They had oh. like margaritas and tequila. Like 
Sign me up. Oh, yeah. Fresh fruit. Mm-hmm. Like, they were just, like, handing him things left and right. I was like, yeah, my man Howard, I would not leave that village. I'd be like, you all are yeah. my new family. <laughs> there's, there's not enough money on this earth to get me to move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's going to be helping them with his first aid knowledge. I mean, you know, hey, he's working for his supper. I did feel a little squiggy about that. I was like, mm. yeah, it's a little white savory. Yeah, when he's like, they think of me as like their god, their medicine man. I was like, I know. Part of me, I couldn't tell if like he was just exaggerating, and it's like, oh, they're just super grateful because I like saved that child, or if that's right. really what it was. I mean, if, because of the time, I'm like, because he's like, oh, I, they're making me their leader, and I was like. That's not. I don't think. Sure. I don't think they would do that. Sure. Like. Nah. Like I can see them being grateful and like allowing you to stay with them. But other than that, I don't so. think you're like their god now. So. Yeah. Um, although they do put small children on altars, you know. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know right? what they got going on in that village. Like, I've seen a lot of horror games. Right. You know, maybe it's like a mm-hmm. Resident Evil kind of thing going on there. Uh-huh. I don't know. But I think I think our last one is the postcard moment, which I know I this one wasn't a big Vista film, so I had a hard time, but Mel, you said you had a good postcard? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I didn't come up with anything so either. So, one of the things that I love about films from the 30s, the 40s, the 20s, like these black and white movies, is they understood layering in a shot. I think that's what yeah. it's called. Like, Mm-hmm. You know, how they, like, I loved how they would stack the three guys, you know, in with the dis- perspective. I don't know. I Pat would be able to better describe how yes. that works because, you know. But I, that's, like, something I love. And one of the things, when they first go to the flop house and hear Howard talking, they, like, come in and there's this shot of just a pair of, like all these dudes in beds you know all just kind of like there's just dudes falling out the wall you know um and there's like this shot of somebody's shoes hanging in the foreground and you sort of have everything like layered around it in the in the flop house and for me that was just like a really like a cool kind of postcard moment because it was interesting and dynamic and claustrophobic at the same time um Mm -hmm. like these guys are they have enough money for a bed which is not always normal because you know we originally meet them sleeping on a bench um but even when they can afford a place to sleep it's still like suffocating yeah and I, i i thought that shot like put that on a postcard like it was just it it said a lot i thought it was a great shot it looked cool. It made me go, ooh, which is my benchmark for what a postcard is. I <laughs> think I that's go, a yeah. fair statement. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, does mm-hmm. it stand out? But, yeah. That that's that's my uh like like you would metric. You would send you would send that home like you wouldn't send this postcard to your mom. You'd send this to oh. like your buddy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you'd yeah. be like having fun in paradise is what you'd like right on the back of it you know right like, right <laughs> wish like you were here yeah like you'd send your mom the postcard of like 
you on the you at the bar or you on the beach like living it up uh and then this one you'd be like but this is really what's happening in, in the same sense of like just like bizarre postcards like uh, i have a postcard of like a soldier in a world war one trench it was it's like from the period he's got like a gas mask on and it's just a sea of mud and trenches as far as you can see like why why would you buy this who would you send that to it's horrible like here yeah. be like, depressed like, yeah like greetings from belgium <laughs> yeah that's what it would say Greetings from Tampico, and it would just be yeah. things like shoes in this, this horrible this, place. Right, this flop house. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Greetings from beautiful Tampico. Yes, sunny Tampico. Right. Not, <laughs> not that uh, that 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 palm tree shaded city park, and not a beach, not a not a quaint Belgian church. No, a muddy battlefield or a flop house. Yes, some <laughs> dank hostel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I had one minor joke I wanted to make, and that was, uh, like, after Cody is killed, uh, Howard is just like, oh, let's 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 see what he's got. And I was just like, that's right, loot the body. <laughs> it's like a video game. He might have some money on him or something. Are, are they just, like, a really bad D&D party? Three murder hobos. That's yeah. correct. Yeah, <laughs> and you can tell, like, the <laughs> Howard is the one who has the most experience and wants to really role play it. Mm-hmm. Dobbs yeah. <laughs> just wants to get as much money as possible, and Curtin's brand new and it just doesn't really know what's going on. And the DM gets sick of uh, Dobbs' shit, just offs him. The DM's the mountain. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and since none of you get this goddamn gold, you deserve it. Let's <laughs> just be like, like the DM says, like, all right, you're surrounded by three. Uh, Three bandits. All right, well, I'm going to pull my gun. Oh, looks like you rolled a one. You're out of bullets. Like, how's it? Po- You're out of bullets. You're dead. Well, I, I was going to do a melee a, a melee attack. Like, no, fuck You're it. Out You're of dead. time. Yeah. <laughs> Crit you with a machete. <laughs> one hit KO, my friend. <laughs> they rolled a 20. So. Yes. <laughs> and then promptly went into town and rolled a one on uh, Persuasion. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. The band is didn't fare so hot either. <laughs> I like, cause they're like, "Hey, I sold these burrows to a bunch of white dudes," <laughs> and he's like, Which, "I've yeah. been out in the sun." Like, I know. <laughs> I know that was right. Funny. All, and like, also, like, I sold these to a bunch of white dudes, and you're wearing their clothes. Yeah. So, imagine my suspicions. <laughs> But anyway, but yes, I, I like that. This uh, so hey, any uh, any of you dungeon masters, game mas- masters out there, feel free to watch this movie and try to run this adventure uh, for your friends. <laughs> see see how they do. See if they get killed by a machine. Yeah, how they deal bandits. with all of the uh, encounters. Because that's kind of what it was. It was like, hey, you know, how are you going to deal with these? And they made some choices. You're going to have to roll for right. burrows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Roll for Gila monster. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Poor Gila monster. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. and peace, Gila monster. I had monster. to look that up. I was like, what the hell is a Gila monster? Is that a, a big thing? old lizard. And let me tell you. Took me a minute to figure out how to spell it, first of all. Second of all, did you know it's venomous? Poisonous? Didn't know that. Yeah. Which yeah. one is the one? Venomous, venomous. yeah. Venomous. Yeah, the one venomous, where it yeah. can hurt you. 
Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It bites you, you get poisoned, versus you bite it and get yeah. poisoned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two very different things. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, what apparently is it's, that? Apparently they're only mildly venomous. Like, it's unpleasant. You'll be sick. You'll have heart palpitations, but you'll get over it. But they, it. like, bite Most you of... for a long time. And that's oh, how they no. get you. So, like, they're, like, a quick, like, did you... You know, won't be bad, but according to the internet, um, because I never lost Googled, um, like it was saying something about like they bite you for a long time and that it's like the same as like a rattlesnake. Um, Ah. and there's no anti venom, so don't get bit by one. I think that's just good advice for us all. Try not to Mm -hmm. uh, mess with wildlife in general. I would have just been like, that's it's gold now, yeah, it, it lives there. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's here's your uh, cow puncher's tip of the day. Don't provoke wild animals into biting you. Yeah. It's a good tip. It's a good tip. Yeah. Yep. And if a Gila monster finds your stash of gold, that Gila monster just earned that gold. Yep. Right. Was that another... Was that like a, a foreshadowing of the mountain being like, this is my gold and <gasps> you can't have it? Oh. Maybe. Like I found it. That's neat. And it's always Dobbs. Dobbs, Dobbs doesn't yeah. deserve that gold. Dobbs is the one no, that the mine collapses on. It's his gold that the Gila monster is on. Like it's always his. Because the mountains the rejecting mountain was him. Trying to kill Dobbs. Mm-hmm. And the mountain was basically like Curtin and Howard. You don't even need the gold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. You don't need it. I'm sure. Although, right, even after like the laughing fit at the end, I could. It was like still apparent that Curtis was just like, I could have really used that money. Yeah, he's he's probably <laughs> like, I should have just kept the couple hundred bucks I had and like. But he's <laughs> he is gonna get it back for all the gear and the hides. Like that's true. He, he will get some get money. Some money because he's got to bring it back to Peach Lady. Because how else is he going to woo her? Although, you know what, to be fair, and, <laughs> like, apparently that is how that works. Because that's, like, what happened <laughs> with, um, uh, uh, oh, God, um, the woman who made the first flag. What's her name? Betsy Ross. Betsy, Betsy Ross. Betsy Ross. Like, her one husband, her, I think, husband number two got captured by the British and died in an English or Scottish prison and or. Um, and the guy who went back to tell her that like hey your husband died um was husband number three so grief grief t- affects people in all kinds of ways or being a tale as old as or time being a woman needing a man to have yes. legal rights so more, more likely that it was more like oh i'm very sad my husband is dead you'll do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll do ah uh, ah uh, history yes but, uh, well, how do we want to rate this one? Okay, I'll, I'll, I will go first because you're not going to like mine. I would give Start this, us off. I would give this a two. Oh, because yeah. Because it had stuff I enjoyed, like characters I enjoyed, but I found it very slow and I found myself easily distractible while watching mm. it. Um, and I did check the time once to see how much time I had mm. left. Um it was definitely not like bad. It 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 was not. It, like I would say, 
I'm probably not going to rewatch it. I might rewatch. I like bits are on. I might pick up a, mm-hmm. like, oh, we're at this part of the movie. I'll watch it for a little while. But I don't think I'll ever watch it all in one sitting again, if that makes sense. So maybe. Oh, absolutely. So maybe two and a half. We'll give it two and a half, almost a three. <laughs> okay. That's that's fine. Uh, see, I, I've, I, I really enjoy it. I, I love this kind of movies. I, I'm giving it the I'm giving it a five, just because I'll probably watch this again, but probably not anytime soon. Yeah, I would give it a three and a half, um, because just like you, Mel, I don't know that I would watch it all the way through again. Certainly not like by myself. I feel like if I watched it again, I would watch it with other people who've never seen it before to see how they react. <laughs> yes, be how I would want to watch it again because I'm like. Because I had a lot of fun with Andy, like, okay, who's planning what? How's this? Who's going to get the gold at the end? Like, what do you think? Like, what's, you know, I thought that was a fun aspect. So, like, knowing what happens, it's kind of not as fun anymore. Um, but what what it did good, it did great. I loved, like, that bar fight was chef's kiss. <laughs> Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the beginning of this film in Tampico, so strong, I felt like. It does drag a little mm-hmm. when they get the gold, but I think part of that is to build the tension. So you're kind of like, let's get on with this. Go sell your gold. God damn it. Leave the mountain. Like, get mm-hmm. off of the mountain. Right. Um, I, yeah. I would agree with you. I think when you said, like, you, you enjoyed watching it with Andy, I think it is telling that I didn't like this one as much because I watched it on my own. And Ben didn't watch it with me. So maybe that was part of it. Like, because mm-hmm. I didn't, because mm-hmm. I knew what was happening. So I didn't have that person who's never seen it before. Yeah. So, I, and again, you know, I feel like maybe that's a, that could be a critical component for a movie like this with when it's so tense. You're like, I, I like having someone to be like, did you catch that? Like, is he going to do a thing? Like, <laughs> right here it comes right oh god what's gonna happen even though andy did have to leave a couple times because he's like i just too much tension (laughs) that's cool that's me that's but yeah i would give it a three out of five again definitely not on my list you know like i like Stu's thing of like could i watch it again right now no (laughs) it is very long um but i think it's a classic for a reason so Mm -hmm. good job Um, fellas speaking of subjectivity when it comes to liking movies one thing i want to end on before we go to the the outro is uh, a, a frequent listener uh, follower on our Instagram brother led. Please correct me. Reach out to us. Let us know if we're saying that correctly. Uh, uh, they responded uh, to comments I made about bad girls that the soundtrack sounded much like daytime soap music. And they happened to watch it again. I presumably like on a, on a TV or a computer screen. Well, they apparently it was, on the big screen in Germany where this, this particular person lives. And uh, what did they make the comment? Something along the lines of you, it, you lose something when it's not in the cinema. I would agree. Yes. And you are a hundred percent correct. Uh, and um, I bet that music probably hits a lot differently on a, on a uh, sound system in a, in a movie theater. Yeah. And I think that's a problem. I mean, a- anyone who's watched, uh, you know, you rent a movie, get a DVD and, or even on TV sometimes, the common complaint is like, oh, I'm watching it on TV and I either have to turn it up so I can hear people and then turn it way back down when, like, the music comes on because things are mixed. They mix it for a movie theater, not for your mm. TV. Um, so it's 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 hard to get that 
you know, what was the filmmaker's intent for the soundscape? Because they don't often change right. it well, when that they was, throw it on TV. That was my big complaint about Meek's, what was it, Meek's yeah. Crossing? Meek's Yeah, because you could barely Me- hear Meek's them. Cutoff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also think that's true for movies of this era, because you don't have a TV in every house. This is mm-hmm. truly meant to be seen in a movie theater. So, like, I, again, probably would have enjoyed it more seeing it in a theater because you're trapped. You're in the dark. You're, like, you It puts can't, you in it. There is no distraction. You have to focus on it. Um, and also, like, a 30-foot-tall Humphrey Bogart losing his mind come on now that sounds cool as <laughs> oh my god like from moment one i was like wow humphrey looks like shit <laughs> i was like damn I, we also we forgot a coot guys oh yeah the barber coot the barber oh, coot. Yeah. oh no his, very brief with his perfect mustache oh um, he was so happy to do his job he was he twirled the little mm-hmm. towel like he was doing great I don't know how much oil was in Humphrey Bogart's hair, but all of it. Oh yeah, the man used the whole store. (laughs) It was an oil boom out there. He had plenty to spare. Oh, just put it right in that hair. Um, Petroleum, we got plenty of it. But yeah, I was like, I, 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 he was my first note. Barber coot. (laughs) I forgot about barber coot. Thank you. We, we, everyone, update your coot coot watching journal. My my first note was just simply sweaty. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. because Humphrey Bogart was sweaty. Yes. So sweaty. Yes, he was. <sighs> he 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 looked like how I feel after like mowing the lawn on like a ninety degree day. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you liked what you heard, you know, give us a review. Log on to iTunes and just smack them five stars. Just give us those five stars just pretty please and um you know if you got questions or comments or a movie you want to suggest you can reach us at cowpunchersshow at gmail.com or check out you know our you know to see what faces we picked today and our and our vistas which we didn't really have them this time uh at our instagram at cowpunchers_pod. so and uh, again thank you all for listening i am as always the deputy Stu Kaufman. And I forgot what my thing was. I'm Amy McLeod. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, I just gotta go grab my hat. My name is Melissa Huggins. (laughs) Y'all watch yourselves out there on the trail. I had a joke. I I really did. I had a joke. My brain just...